Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table. We are up to episode number 481. I started this show almost five years ago. We've done about 400 interviews. There are a few episodes that are just me pontificating about things I've witnessed out there in the entrepreneurosphere, but it has been so much fun. And since January, the first Thursday show of the year, I I let this show out uh, every Tuesday and every Thursday, but the first Thursday of every month is a show that is co-produced in partnership with the Austin Technology Council. The Austin Technology Council is the largest tech organization in Central Texas. ATC empowers members by using insights, resources, and connections so that their members can succeed and thrive. This has been a great partnership for cool things entrepreneurs do because the coolest entrepreneurs in Austin are all part of the Austin Technology Council. And today, we are going to have a conversation with Dan Krizanowski or as he's known, Dan K, because Krizanowski is a long word to pronounce. He is the executive vice president of Rocket Dollar here in Austin, and he empowers people to help them make better decisions to better themselves and their community. I'm really excited that Dan has joined us today. So Dan, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Awesome, Tom. So great to be here. Thanks for having me. So, Dan, I don't do real big, you know, introductions to people. I like for you to sort of give us a little background. Who is Dan Kay and what is Rocket Dollar? Yeah, uh, you know, Dan Kay is just a boy from Scranton, PA, that uh, spent a few summers on the beaches in the East Coast. You you and Vice President Biden. You you know, to keep it politically even, I'll I'll share two points. uh, Biden and I played on the same Little League field, albeit a few decades. Uh, I was going to say 50 years apart, but whatever. I think it was the same field. I probably have the same glove, actually. But uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, <laughs> you know, a few years later that uh, my freshman year at Penn, I actually rode with uh, Don Trump Jr. Oh, there you go. So, uh, so you've, you know, you've, you've you know, covered all sides. You've covered all sides of this race. I, I think I have. And I'm sure I met a libertarian a few times. So, you know, <laughs> we should be in the clear here. So, uh, awesome. so, so a boy from Scranton, Pennsylvania ends up in Austin. So go on. Yeah. So, you know, kind of got here via, I'd say, a very traditional, did my undergrad at Wharton, uh, a decade at Merrill Lynch, General Electric, uh, did a master's at Thunderbird in between, which was a great time. I know uh, today's National Tequila Day, uh, and I used to live in Jalisco, met my wife in Guadalajara when I was finishing up my master's at Thunderbird. So all this was a great experience, and I had my first taste of Austin uh, back in 07, 08. And as we're kind of crossing, say, in this current decade, I had a feeling where the world was going and it wasn't going to be, you know, going into a nine to five and just doing things for sake of doing them. Uh, I felt there was a lot of things on the forefront for, uh, you know, commerce, technology, particularly in a banking community, but I also felt there was going to be some realness. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, that's what brought me to Austin uh, almost a decade now to be with uh, Bank Vicasasa. So tell us about Rocket Dollar. Yeah. So uh, Rocket Dollar is great. So what a lot of folks uh, do not know is that they can use their retirement dollars 
to invest in private assets. So a French startup, a piece of real estate, a crypto fund, uh, crowdfunding. So much like, you know, somebody has a 401k and a mutual fund, this really, as I say, pretties up the pie chart. Because uh, we think what we do naturally, a lot of us may have, you know, given a buddy money for his startup, given a friend a loan before. Maybe uh, I know a lot of folks become accidental landlords when they find their spouse as a condo and they have to figure out what to do with the second property. So those, we realize that there's a lot of folks that have exhibited this behavior, but retirement seemed this world such a different place that nobody's really thought about or considered. And then when you took a step back and looked at the numbers, it's 10 trillion. So, you know, I'll repeat that trillion with a T, it's probably the only number that's on par with our national deficit. (laughs) And the comical thing is, you know, outside of Mitt Romney, the PayPal mafia and a few Joe Americas like myself, nobody's really taken advantage of these accounts. Uh, So what we felt, if we can just bring it to the masses to say, hey folks, you know, do you know you can use your retirement dollars uh, that a fair percentage across uh, folks across the U.S. are going to take this uh, and really diversify and you know take back control of their of their finances. So, how old is the company and who started it? Henry Yoshida. Uh, so we have I'd say three founders. We've had a dynamite group of angel investors, a lot of friends, probably some folks that were on the first 480 shows here. And Henry's uh, a friend of mine. So yeah, Henry's Henry's awesome and. Uh, you know, Thomas Young, Rick Duty, uh, his last name looks it looks like Dude, so we'll call him Dude. And, uh, of course, Chris Palmasano, our independent board member. So, you know, a lot of us, I call it the starting five and just a dynamite team of uh, a dozen or so of us that have been around uh, since the early days. And it's, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we haven't heard somebody say, you know, I, I wish I did not spend 30 seconds with you learning more about this. If anything, folks say wow, I never knew this. And by the way, uh, I have an idea for a company. Can I tell people about this to help raise money for me? And uh, the answer to that is yes. So what made you go from working for a big company to going into this world of entrepreneurship? Yeah, I mean, I've always had the, you know, it's funny, my my grandfather also in Scranton, PA, he was an entrepreneur way back when, uh, you know, as my dad shared to the point where, you know, they had the first color TV on the block. And then Fast forward, there was a flood in one of the coal mines and, you know, that's, you're at dead zero income. So I think they say things skip a generation. So my dad was, uh, I didn't even have a resume till he was 60, you know, <laughs> high school principal, etc. Uh, my grandfather actually got him a job when he was head of the school board. So with that as a backdrop, I've always had a strong bug. I mean, started, you know, the paper routes and different things uh, throughout the summer. I founded a lot of a fair number of nonprofit organizations. Uh, so not really from an economic benefit, but just to really bring people across, uh, say different upbringings, different cultures. Uh, so I've been doing that naturally for most of my life. And now I, I feel, you know, it's just, it's just not my calling. It would be tough. And I think likewise for folks in a corporation with a, I'd say my energy and the energy of a lot of entrepreneurs, you can't just be bottled up with a single project for a time. It's just, I don't think it's fair for any party. So I'd say mutually, I pulled myself away from this corporate world about a decade ago and, you know, very happy with the ride. So what do you love about it? I mean, now that you stepped away from the big companies, you've been doing it 10 years is a good, is a good long run. What do you like about the life of, of small, small growing businesses and entrepreneurship? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that you always have to be on and I'm okay with that. Uh, I I feel whatever you're doing, uh, not just to give it 110%, but realize there's a lot of smartness that goes into this. So work smart, not hard, but of course you're going to work hard also as an entrepreneur. I mean, in the last 24 hours alone, I was talking to uh, Anthony Scaramucci. Uh, You know, I had a great 
two hour ride on a lift, you know, with a gentleman and learning about his family story out of Rhode Island. And now I'm here sitting in a basement in Boston about to go on, you know, a sales call dinner tonight with, you know, a gentleman that wants to promote rocket dollar across his community. So, you know, for me, this feels normal and this is excites me for a lot of people. They'd be like, wow, please just let me get the nine to five. But, uh, you know, for me, this is a normal scene. Of course, having a child at home, I, I live my life. I call it in two hour, two hour agile blocks, which, you know, may mean two or four hours of sleep some nights, but I'm just hyper present in whatever I'm doing. And, you know, fortunately, at least, you know, with rocket dollar here, it, it's something that I was doing naturally. And now we just kind of, you know, threw a company on top of it. Sure. So the company started here in Austin and, you know, this is the episode once a month that's co-produced with the Austin Technology Council. Why do you think Austin is such a great place for companies to start and grow? Yeah. I mean, there's, I think the collaboration helps enough that folks can get an MVP of some sort off the ground. Uh, you know, I was talking to a gentleman from New Jersey who was coming down here thinking of doing his own company. And he was shocked because he talked to 12 people and actually all 12 of them followed up and he had to do 12 coffees. Whereas in New Jersey, maybe he would get a call three months later. Uh, so with, with that, I mean, we, it's easy to sit there, spitball ideas, nobody's stealing from each other. I think everybody wants folks, and, and, you know, especially I'd say in the second half of, of life and career, we can give each other some tough love pretty quickly, which, which is really helpful from, from a business perspective. So I think in Austin, we also do want to see some of the, the larger success stories, but also done the right way. Uh, you know, in terms of the respect and the empathy you give for folks. So it is a delicate balance to really go with that, I'd say, Olympic sprint, you know, to get, but you're doing it in a marathon, uh, but also make sure you're not stepping on folks at the same time. So I spoke to a group and, and the people were from cities like, a lot of them were from cities like uh, Austin and Dallas and Denver. Mm -hmm. And I was talking about like reaching out to people and, and having coffee. And there was someone there from the Silicon Valley and the guy, it was a small group meeting that I was speaking at. And the person kind of poo-pooed the idea of reaching out to someone for coffee because he basically said, nobody is going to go to coffee with you unless there's a driving reason in it for them. And it was so interesting because I thought that's probably true if mm -hmm. you're in San Jose or in San Francisco. But in Austin, I definitely have seen this. And I've, I've lived here 28 years. And so I was here before Austin became kind of the hot growing tech center that it is. But the one thing that I've witnessed over this amazing growth, we went from 800,000 people to 2.3 million people. And we've built one road. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. in, in addition to the fact that it's really hard to get to that lunch or that coffee because the traffic is crazy. Uh, the only I, I haven't seen other changes. I still see that that sort of philosophy where everybody's willing to at least listen to what it is that you're doing. And the person who's the venture capitalist is just as happy to see the dry cleaner succeed, even though they're not invested in it as they are to see some, you know, scalable tech company doing well, because there is sort of this vibe that we're all in it together in Austin. And, uh, you know, I'm glad to see that you still think that that's there as well. Cause I think it is. Yeah. I, I think the in-person and the nice thing is too, is there's so many meetings and settings in your right. Even if you want to be traffic or not, you can probably within a 15 minute drive, get somewhere and be around a round table group or one-on-ones uh, in a very quick manner. So who knows, maybe on the West coast, they don't have that, but you know, I, I know a lot of sad folks out there. Uh, it just, you're kind of losing the human side. So I, I think a lot of the goodness that think of like the good old boy, the handshake deals in Texas, it's good that we still have that here. Uh, I, I've, 
it's, I think it's really good for entrepreneurs also knowing that, especially initially that they can try something, maybe if they're not fully set up or they don't know they're legal. Whereas I'm sure, you know, in other parts of the country, uh, somebody's going to take advantage of you for that. So pretty rare here in central Texas. So I'm a real big fan of organizations like the Austin Technology Council, because I think all opportunities come from people. And so being a joiner myself, I've always been a big fan of groups like ATC. Why has ATC been a good resource for Rocket Dollar and for you? Yeah, I mean, the quarterly or, you know, monthly breakfast are, are great. I mean, we we have a team, you know, I'd say a lot of mid-career folks and then a lot of folks right out, right out of school who are rock stars. So whether it's with the, you know, female mentorship professionals, uh, you know, myself and our team, we, we were heavy on the B2B side, now learning from great B2C folks. And also, I mean, everybody deals with different vendors, different sort of quoting, pricing. So it's a very sort of, exclu- it's almost like what YPO is for CEOs. I, I feel sincerely um, what Amber's done is has been amazing also. the uh, There's just a good feeling and, you know, the follow-up calls are good. I mean, uh, last week, I think I've had four follow-up calls and these have been very uh, smart sales calls, helping each other 15 minutes each back and forth. And we're already seeing dividends pay off. So, you know, it, it removes the BS. Nobody's there with their, you know, smartphones out there, taking photos, are recording. So it, it's, it's real, it's quick. And, um, you know, I look forward, especially with the quarterly sales, you know, to those 90 minutes every quarter for sure. So what advice do you have for somebody who wants to take that leap? Maybe they're in that big company and they, they want to either go to work for a startup or they want to start their own startup. What advice do you have for people who want to go into this entrepreneurial pool? Yeah, it's, it's do something, uh, you know, just, and I say it's, it's tough to um, theorize. And the nice thing is now, I mean, you can get, I mean, myself and uh, trust me, you don't, I can't even draw a stick figure, but when I was thinking of doing my own business uh, a few years back, I threw up a Wix page. You know, it's probably horrible. Uh, but my point is I threw something out there. I threw a few prices out there, a few offerings. And, you know, I got to know on nine out of the 10 things real quick and figured out the one that I was good at. And then what people, not as much as what I see myself, but what other people see that I bring to them, uh, which was, you know, on the business development, the connection side, raising money which is, you know, kind of a backdrop for Rocket Dollar and the partnership side. So, yeah, I would say, uh, the ni- I said, the nice thing is too, I mean, whether you're on the long commute, I know one of my, our interns, uh, she commutes on the train, which is, uh, you don't hear about that too much in Austin, but makes tremendous use of her time. The one of a handful of people who actually live close to the one train route that we have. Yes, that, that'll be for podcasts. Hopefully, you know, 482, not 4,000, but who knows? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, my point is that, and you've heard a lot of great companies where, you know, they're on the New York City subway and just coded something in. So my point is you don't have to be a coder. It's an offering. And, you know, what I've done, I mean, if you see a company or something you like and you write to the CEO, trust me, they that would be a very exciting email for them to receive. So I've done that and either done presentations meaning like presenting an idea or just did five or 10 hours of a SWAT project ID and see, okay, does this, is my talents going to mesh with the direction of your company? So I would say folks, yeah, don't overly think it, just do something or approach somebody with an idea on something. And, uh, you know, good things come from that. So one of the things I do, I make my living doing corporate training and speaking at large association conferences. And, and this last year I have started doing a lot more sort of growth oriented company internal meetings. And I have this program, I call it the Paradox of Potential. It's about attaining what is possible. And it focuses on this gap 
that's real. I've done research and it's real for most people, not everybody, but most people in most companies, there is a gap between potential and performance. And there's a whole bunch of things that hold people back. So assuming that my research is right and this gap is real, why do you think some people get farther across the gap from potential to performance while other people get held back or, or fall into the abyss? Yeah, I think it's two things. I mean, first is the, it's funny, we mentioned this at, at ATC last week, is are they in the right position? So is it more a question of character or underperforming? And a lot of times, especially for a younger company, like I'll admit, I think I wear at least three hats as we all do at Rocket Tower. And I can guarantee, I won't tell you which one, but at least one I'm definitely underperforming in. <laughs> uh, and it's just, you know, there's only so many hours in the day in my skill set and we're a young company and you push forward. That said, I think the other two, I'm hopefully above average. And uh, so I think that's, that's the first factor. And then the other one, and this is, I think, what pulled me away from the corporate world and why, I, you know, my BS factor is you know, I, I don't really tolerate it. And probably the New Yorker me calls it out, uh, even still, you know, we're supposed to be polite here in Texas. But, you know, I, I think if there is, you know, especially communication from top that we're going to row the boat this quick, uh, and then we ultimately don't, that's, I think, very frustrating for, uh, you know, a variety of personalities and such out there once they kind of hear this mandate from top down. So that's why I think, uh you know, two reasons why folks may not achieve. Now, where I think it's different is one, you know, on these two points where somebody is then put in the right position uh, or the better position for how they're wired. And, you know, secondly, I, I think with certain folks that are more entrepreneurial, so I'll pick on, you know, let's just call the companies in the suburbs here. Uh, you know, at this point, you know, whether it's a small joint venture or something completely off the grid, that could be a new revenue line. You, you really have to let them there. You can't let them eat at the table with everybody else that follows the nine to five. You have to let them do their own thing. So if the company gives you that, I've been very fortunate. Even back to my days at General Electric, effectively, I was, you know, it was not so fun being at HQ, but when I was at part of a joint venture or thousands of miles away, uh, that's when I was able to excel. So it, it is interesting that I think that some of the some of the companies do themselves a disservice because they are so buttoned up with a lot of that stuff. Whereas, you know, a lot of these innovations come out of either some sort of a skunk project or come out of a startup because people are freer to do that. Why, why do you think big companies get so buttoned up? You know what I mean? Some of it is in I can think of my experiences here. You know, even, I won't name company names, but in Austin, I mean, one is. As you're approaching exit, you don't want to rock the boat. Um, you know, I think another one is how competitive you're. If you're really not in a competitive space for one reason or another, you don't have to. Um, you know, so if your product or offering is a need to have, almost like something regulated versus a nice to have or where you know people are going to catch up to you because it's just technology, ones and zeros at the end of the day, that I think is a you know, a pretty big difference. And, you know, it's, ego is obviously a huge thing. Uh, likewise. So, you know, that's the thing too. I mean, the corporate culture, you know, there should be a, even for all executive and myself, all, you know, you and I might work a hundred hours this week, but we'll find time to have at least three or four days completely off the grid minus technology, at least once a quarter to kind of, and I don't think some folks permit themselves to do that. And then it, it seeps down through the corporation. Mm. So, Dan, I've got more questions for you because this is a fun interview. But first, yeah. I have to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, 
and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and that pesky technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Dan Kay. Um, Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know that a lot of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So, Dan, I call this show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What is the coolest thing you guys are doing right now at Rocket Dollar? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I love to say Super Bowl ad, but that's not true. But oh. that, I know, I know. Well, hopefully next year. Is that, would be, that would be cool. That would be cool. And, you know, I, I got to tell you, that's actually something that's a fair consideration, uh, you know, to kind of produce that or, you know, fast track that viral moment. So, you know, cool things we're doing now, you know, I view it as the folks that are raising money. So there's two sides of this coin. It's all the individuals that ultimately become our customers that take back control of their retirement. But what really excites me, you know, it's not just a bunch of real estate folks that kind of knew of this space and think, you know, we're slightly better uh, you know, if you go to our partner page, my colleague, Mark Peck out of New York, he, he does all the sizzle, whether it's, you know, a crypto, a coin, a physical asset, gold, a startup, uh, a fee- we've had amazing female angel networks, uh, in terms of just a referral and, you know, making our communities aware of each other. So with that, I think it's, you know, as I said, it's really pulling the curtain from the wizard of Oz and we're really dispelling any excuse twice. I mean, our signup is five minutes. We have patent pending technology in the background. Uh, some amazing stuff from our designer. I mean, just being here is just a true honor that, you know, in good faith, I don't know if I'd want to be on a year ago as we were building. Now I feel hyper confident that, you know, basically if anybody raising money next year at South by Southwest exclusively went through rocket dollar, we can actually handle it. So a lot of the bore, you know, quote unquote boring stuff, but highly important. We've done generations before other fintech companies in the space. Uh, so, you know, I, I can't share other things in the product pipeline that we're doing, but it, it's, you know, I think it's rocket now is going to become more of a warmer, fuzzier place, even for our current account holders, uh, more things they can do with their account in the near future. Cool. Before I go into the last couple of questions, any other advice for people? I mean, as you think about sort of how do you how do you navigate all this stuff that we've been talking about, about from startup to having your career in a startup to Austin to everything else? Do you have any last little tidbits of advice? And then I'll go to kind of the final couple of questions. I would say, I mean, we you don't have to be perfect. Uh, and a lot, obviously, you don't want to misspell, you know, on a contract or your Web page, uh, <laughs> which maybe we have done in our early days. But uh, I've done that. In fact, I may have done that yesterday. I may be doing it right now, so uh, I'll have to edit, edit me out a little bit here. But, well, I've got to figure out how, before I before I publish this, I've got to figure out how to spell Krizanowski. Krizen, <laughs> well, we're going on 10 years of marriage, and I think my wife still, she, she, she said, I got spinosis, so who knows? Yeah, but I, and the big thing here, too, is also, I mean, for, you know, my left brain friends out there, there's a tremendous benefit, say, if you have a PMP or this sort of mindset, but, uh, you know, from health, family, spiritual, et cetera. And I get it, it's not going to be equally weighted, but at least have a little, a few two-hour clumps in the week. Because uh, if not, things can unravel really, really quickly. So I would almost say make that, I call it the big, my Big Lebowski Friday. Uh, it's pizza, beer, a comedy. And then I try my best to get a few hours Saturday morning to me. And that's kind of sacred time. And then if I have to rock and roll for the week after that, 
uh, you know, I do that, but it, it's refreshing knowing that I can sprint and have some downtime every week. So that's been kind of my saving grace and whatever it is for other folks, I'd suggest penciling that in. Awesome. So I ask everyone who comes on the show, who is it when you look out at the world of entrepreneurship? Cause we could talk about you, Dan, or we could talk about rocket dollar for another hour, but I think entrepreneurs are observers. So I love to ask people when you look out at the entrepreneur sphere, the world of entrepreneurs, who do you say, Oh my gosh, she or he, they're doing the real cool stuff. Yeah. I mean, keeping it local here, uh, you know, I love Tony Aguilar cause his story is so real. Um, coming out in debt, you know, when, like anything, when we can take a step back, it's like, well, you have loans from three different places with three different rates. You should probably pay in this order, but there's devil in the details. So kind of what he's brought to folks to make, I'd say that generation of folks in their twenties aware, uh, I think is great. And I mean, he literally is the face of, you know, where America's going, going forward also. So that's great solutions. Um, somebody else here, you know, Elizabeth Quintanilla in town, she's an amazing marketer has touched a lot of things and, you know, she's, she's had great successes, uh, you know, of course with her marketing work, uh, also, you know, real estate, when I would say was easier, you know, on the residential side, uh, you know, I, I think there's other things also kind of, you know, likewise, I think telling one story and other things that come out of it. So, you know, and there's many other folks local, these two just first came to mind. And, uh, you know, in terms of new fun, sexy, hot companies, I think I'm overloaded from all everybody I mentor at Capital Factory and probably from, you know, the show I've been at over the, maybe the, you know, Scaramucci scared me a little, little bit here or enlightened <laughs> me one of the two, but you know, I, I think less, um, you know, less bells and whistles is more exciting. Like Albert Pomales with kind health, uh, I think is, you know, some people need health insurance and, you know, say kind of what the zebra did for car insurance. I think in some ways that's going to be a really good success story out of that. So, I mean, these are just, you know, I think names people on the call know that are excited about. And, uh, you know, there's probably, if we want to talk another hour, probably a hundred more I can share also. Sure. Well, the last question that I, I ask everyone who comes on the show is about how do we give back to the greater good? Because I think if we're fortunate enough to be in this entrepreneurial world, I think mm -hmm. it's more than about making money. I think yep. that individuals and companies, you know, have to find a way to give back and, and, and do something. And I don't talk about it on every episode, but but I will on this one. So 12 years ago, maybe a little bit more, my wife and I started the Kate Singer Endowment for Cranial Facial Surgery and Research because my youngest daughter was born with a condition where the bones in her head were fused together. And Dell Children's Hospital didn't exist. We had to look around the country for the best doctors and most state-of-the-art equipment. And we ended up having pretty massive surgery when she was six months old. They removed much of and rebuilt her entire skull. And uh, she's fine now. She's 17. She's yeah. going to be a senior at the Ann Richards School. She's super smart. She is, you know, on her way to college in a year and a, and a month, and uh, she, we're really fortunate, and I know we're fortunate. Every day I look at her and her sister, I know I'm fortunate, and so we found a way to give back, but we're not rich, so we did it through little things. We did little things. Every time I gave a speech, we gave a couple of percentage points to mm -hmm. Children's Hospital, both the San Diego where she was operated on and Dell Children's Hospital, and I recently did a TEDx talk on this. I called it the art of giving small because yeah. – 
when you're an entrepreneur and you're starting out, you don't have a lot of money, but you don't have to do big things. We gave $50 checks, $100 checks, $200 checks. Some clients matched it and, you know, some other stuff. And all of a sudden it's over $70,000. And that amazed me when I realized that. And so, you know, I look towards other people who come on the show and it doesn't matter if it's time or money or support, but I always ask, what do you do to give back to the greater good? Yeah, and, and I, I love your backstory and the passion of folks that have had a, a crucible. In some ways, fortunately, um, you know, knock out wood, that really hasn't happened, uh, you know, for me physically or or my family, uh, immediate family. So with that, where, where I'm most comfortable, I feel like, so Hugh O'Brien Youth, that's a leadership seminar for high school sophomores. And, uh, you know, now realizing that I'm older, you know, than even some of the kids' parents at this point, uh, you're, you know, my you're, thing is, you're not even close to as old as I am, so don't worry about it. Well, you, you look younger, so we're good here. So, <laughs> but no, I mean, for me, I, I feel that it's a very, uh, you know, strong transformational age, high school sophomores, and uh, this is completely free. It's an amazing experience where, say, you have the kid from Westlake, a gal from Shine, or somebody in the Valley interacting for the first time. Uh, and we lead with just kind of empathy and having the opportunity for these folks to interact. So dynamic sophomores, it doesn't have to be the top in your class, et cetera. Uh, but I've been giving back to this across multiple states across the country. Uh, so, you know, in some ways, yeah, I still, you know, do the whole fiver when I see somebody, uh, you know, especially in the service industry. But, you know, I chose to focus as opposed to many uh, on one thing. And we have a tremendous, uh, we've been voted one of the top conferences uh, across the world within the Hobie, H-O-B-Y organization. So, you know, with that, that's, um, I just keep on doubling, tripling down and I see returns, uh, you know, not just for the ambassadors that go through, but the staff that's gone through. And, you know, now that there's, I don't want to say kids, but, you know, uh, you know, their next stage of their career or grad school are them starting companies. And so a lot of advice coming back and we know each other uh, very much on the personal level. So we can get to the business side and give, uh, you know, I f- it's truly humbling that, you know, my top directors are in their mid to late twenties now and we're having some pretty serious discussions and they, uh, you know, somehow choose to come to me for advice. So <laughs> I've had a lot of that and I appreciate these kind of one-on-one confidential conversations. And likewise, I mean, uh, you know, treating folks, you know, half my age as serious adults and looking for advice from them. So I, I just, I guess where I give back is the ability to be really open, really vulnerable and really real, really quick uh, to a lot of people. So that's, that's what I'm good at. Um, yeah, sure. So there's the financial things as you do also, but uh, I think here it's just, you know, looking somebody in the eye and having a straight talk for five minutes is um, people aren't wired to do that for me. It's just really comfortable. So that's what I do. I think that's awesome. <laughs> Hey, Dan, thank you for agreeing to be on, on this episode and, and, and being uh, the representative for this uh, co-produced uh, episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do with the Austin Technology Council. If someone's listening to this episode and they're like, I got to know more about this guy, Dan, or maybe they're like, I got to find out about Rocket Dollar. How do they find you? Yeah, so uh, Dan, D-A-N at rocketdollar.com. Uh, you can go to www.rocketdollar.com also. And then, um, you know, as a courtesy here so we can't do tequila uh, (laughs) over the podcast but i I will say for folks and our friends here listening uh you know for a summer offer if you enter cool things 19 uh we'll throw a hundred dollars off a rocket dollar account there you go rocket dollar account save a hundred dollars cool things 19 that's kind of awesome well again thank you so much for being on the show but i say it every episode the guests are great 
But if it wasn't for the audience, we wouldn't have a podcast. So if you're listening, thank you so much for tuning in. If this is the first time you've come along uh, to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, I appreciate you. Uh, come back. You can go backwards to 480 other episodes, or you can go forward to the next 480 that are coming down the pipe. Uh, if you like the show, go over to iTunes and leave a review. Uh, I just like it. It makes my day brighter when someone leaves five stars and says something nice about the show. But more importantly, tell a friend. I find from most people who listen to the show and I ask, how did you discover my podcast? They say, a friend told me about it. Uh, my boss told me about it. My mom is an avid listener. So make sure that you spread the word because that's the way we grow this show. We've had some awesome guests in the last few weeks. Uh, you may have noticed we had a bunch of people on in the recent weeks from reality TV shows. Uh, that's going to continue just because I had that experience where I got to spend the day with the cast of season 31 of The Amazing Race. So many of them have been and will continue to be on the show. But we're always looking for great entrepreneurs who have great stories to tell. So if you know somebody who has a company that's grown like crazy and has a story to tell, uh, please reach out to me and, and let me know. I'm always, I'm always interested in who's out there who's doing cool things. Hey, we're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as Dan. I know you're thinking, what? How will you find somebody as cool as Dan? But we always do. But in the meantime, go on out there. Try new things. And while you're at it, have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.